笑着。2005? Email. Email? What is this? 2005? What, you check people's proposals? Tweet them. Yeah, tweet them. Slide into their DMs. Actually, I think I did just follow Colleen O'Shaughnessy on Twitter. You did. I did? Mm -hmm. Good. Anyway, welcome to Minute 100 of Toy Story Minute, the podcast Toy Story 3 times 100. 100 years Rick and Morty. Um, (laughs) We're at Minute 100. And this is this is the movie that go a hundred times, but minutes. A hundred times if times was minutes. <laughs> We're still in the credits, folks. We are. Uh, this one has a bunch of stuff, mostly a bunch of additional voices that I have notes on. But also notable is the production engineering manager named Sam Widjigana Wardena. Widjigana Wardena. Widjigana Wardena. Would you get an award enough? Would you get an award enough for Like if you went to LaGuardia Airport and someone wanted to ask where you got there, but you were just like stumbling over your... I don't know anything about Sam... Wijanawarna. They're not very Googleable, uh-uh. which is weird because that's like a very notable name. But yeah, they're Sam Wijanawarna, and that's an awesome last name. That is a mouthful. My please call me Sam. My father was Mister Wijanawarna. <laughs> sure, it's a J and not like a We we are gonna Yeah. We are gonna warna. This is. It's... We Here's some notable voice actors no who are extras. The first one I recognized because I recently looked her up because I've been binging stuff on Disney Plus. Colleen O'Shaughnessy, also known as Colleen Villard or Villard, I don't know. She is notable as the voice of Sora from Digimon, Eno from Naruto. Danny Phantom's sister, Jazz. Oh, yeah. Since 2014, she's been consistently the English voice of Miles Prower, aka Tails, from the Sonic franchise. And what I know her from, she is Janet Van Dyne, aka The Wasp, since 2010. She's always been the voice of The Wasp when she's not, what's her face? Uh, Evangeline Willie. Also, um, what's her face who's Janet, the older Wasp? What's her name? (laughs) My brain is blanking. My my name is blanking. My name uh, is blanking. Hi, m- nice name, to meet you. Uh, um, um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. That's her name. That white gold. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's that's how the song. I know. That's how the song. Michelle this Pfeiffer. That blue them black. Good girls. Them them hood girls. Straight masterpieces. Yeah, that I can never sing that right because I make it inappropriate. Anyway, she is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Michelle Pfeiffer's? No, uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait Which a second. Why... I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Micah keeps saying, hey, you should get her on the show. And I'm like, what? Just because she's from here? Yeah. I wonder who she voiced in this. She just additional voices. I couldn't yeah. find anything. But good for you, Colleen O'Shaughnessy. Your voice is good. I'm out of town. <laughs> yeah. Got out of to go to U of M and then to go to Los Angeles, the city of the Angeles. City of... The city of Angeles. Mm-hmm. We also have James Kevin Ward, who is most commonly credited as Jim Ward, but he voiced James two... Kevin and Ward. Yes, he voiced two very notable people. One is both Chet Ubetcha and Doug Dimidone, uh, owner of the, owner of the Dimidone. Dimidone. Yes, but more importantly, he voiced Ant Number Three in A Bug's Life. Oh heck yeah! Ant Number Three is the best ant. It's the number one ant. Better than Flick. Better than Adam. <laughs> He's the better number than one Dot. Ant. 
Despite being... He's number three. He's number he three. He was number three. <laughs> number three was number one. Yeah. Good old Jim Ward. Then we have... I thought we had talked about this guy before, but I guess We he, might have, but I don't remember. Carlos Alasruqui. He was Rocco and Spunky from Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. He was Mr. Crocker. Oh. And, um, what's you mean, his like, face? Very God, yeah, yeah. And, um, one Dissimo. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, 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 the one who always took off his shirt. Yeah, that one. And then he was Spyro in the, the Vitero games of Spyro the Dragon Men. And the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Classic good for you. Carlos Alazraqui. Go, Carlos. Yeah, he's done a lot of things. He was also, um,. He's, he's done a bunch of bit parts and things, but those right. are the, but that's the big, the big voice ones. Yeah. Like, he was in Reno 911, a show I've never seen. The last notable for, for me, personally, is Jerome Ramft. You might recognize Ramft as a last name okay. from Joe. He died in a car accident in sometime during the 2000s. So he is obviously Joe's little brother. Yeah. He took over the voice of Jacques the Shrimp. Oh. When they did Finding Dory. Good. We brought it back around, folks. We did. To Jacques. Jacques. Jacques Hughes. Jacques the, Hughes. The shrimp. So, we're back in Memorages Credits times. We love the credits. Toy Story 3. Give me credit for the we're, credits. We're basically done. Basically. How, okay, what was your thoughts on this going into it and after of it? I just go? remembered it mostly for, like, nostalgia. Yeah, like the indie parts, kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's got a lot to it. There's a lot going on here, yeah. Like, I think, it, even though it's longer, I think we took a little less time recording it than we did the other two, because we had less interruptive life things. Yeah. But, like, it felt long. Like, I got nostalgic looking at the beginning of the movie, even though it wasn't that yeah. long ago. It goes a lot of places. It does. I mean, all of them do, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're they're movie films. They are. I, films. Has your ranking of the trilogy changed? Because I'm pretty sure mine has. I don't think so. Originally, we both had what? 2, two three, 3, 1? Yeah, I think I'm still 2, 3, 1, honestly. I think I'm going to be 3, 2, 1. Okay. Penguins. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm okay. 3, 2, 1. Honestly, it's. Like, there are obviously. The Spanish buzz of it all is. Yeah, that's. Yeah. What's, what's hurting it in my brain? In your, I, your ideals. But, like, if you were to not have that. It's pretty perfect. I mean, that and some Ken stuff, but even the Ken stuff is not that much. Right. It's just that we analyze movie by minute. Minute minute by minute. minute. We analyze it movie by movie. Yeah. The Buzz stuff, though, is... I mean, I think it's notable that Toy Story 4 does not allude to Spanish Buzz at all that I remember. Right. I mean, we'll see, but I don't remember it doing that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But, like, I think it's very purposeful that they did that that way. Yeah, because they're like, oh, that was... Not great. Yeah. Speaking of, do we want to talk about what we would change in it if we could? Um, yeah. I mean, besides, you know. The Spanish, the Spanish buzz, of it, buzz of it all. Yeah. What would you do with Buzz? Because I have an idea, but I want to hear yours first. I don't even know. Because you had to do something with him. He's the secondary main. Yeah, I know. That's that's the problem. Because I, I think, think the whole keep, like, turning him uh, back to demo mode or whatever, I think that, that still works. Same. What I would do, and I don't know how exactly you do this, mm-hmm. I would make it so that... He's on Lotso's side still, like in that demo mode, and they still overpower him and stuff, but they can't change him back for some reason. Right. And he's still enemy, but he's, like, on their side. Like, they, like they, they kidnap him, take him along. Oh, okay. And so he's 
on Lotso's side, but with them all the way up until he gets crushed by the TV. Right. I think it would okay. be more interesting. Yeah. And, like, it could be a better excuse for, like, them to fall in the trash or any of that than just, like, Lotso grabbing Woody right. from inside the trash. Like, have him be there and kind of, like, subdued by them. Right. Until, like, the truck comes and they're all like, whoa, what's going on? And he right. betrays them or whatever. Yeah. And it works because he's still bad. Bad buzz. Bad to the bone. Yeah. And, like, you still you still get a lot of buzziness from it. Right. There's a lot of antagonists turn protagonists in this movie. Yeah. Why not, why not have Buzz be one of them? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Like, I don't know how exactly... Like, I, yeah. I don't know exactly how they do it, but, like... Most of these are minor now. Because right. I, I do really like this movie. I want the aliens to have more before they're, like, a big deus ex machina. Because, like... Yeah. They don't do a lot. They don't. In the rest of the movie. Mm-mm. It's kind of be useless. Yeah, until they're they have the one they have the the claw. Okay, what lines do they have besides the claw? The claw. You've saved our Ooh. lives. We are eternally grateful. Daddy <laughs> and Daddy. we. Daddy. Like those are all their lines. Yeah, basically. It's all retreads. They should. Yeah, they should have a little bit more to say. They should have more to do. Yeah. If they're gonna be so useful in the end, like think about like Slinky. Slinky doesn't do anything in the end. Well, he's magnets, but still. Yeah, he's a he magnet. He doesn't do a whole lot in the end. That's true. But he's still consistently throughout the movie there. He has right. jokes and stuff. Right. The most the aliens get is they like they see the little claw yeah. car and they say, ooh, the claw. Right. But like that's one thing that blink and you miss it. Yeah. I Go whole hog with I aliens. agree. Yeah, I agree with that. They don't even interact that much with the potato. Like, we have the brief little, like, oh, my babies, you know, well, when they're in the, the dump. At the very beginning, there's the we saved our lives. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And there's, like, they're in the fantasy sequence at the beginning. But, right. like, there's but, so much movie with not very with, much aliens. Right. And then they're the most important thing. Right. And on then that, they're the like, one thing that keeps them from, everybody from dying. Yeah. That's super important. And they're just, yeah. like, not there. Right. Not it's like, I liked that, like, like the claw yeah. thing, but it's just, like, they need to be more relevant throughout to make yeah. that really work. Because if you think better. about it, like who could you take out of this cast and make it still the plot? Rex, Ham, Rex honestly, the Ham. Potato Heads, kind of. Yeah, but you can't take out the. the you the, can't take out Woody, LGMs. Jesse. You could take out Buzz, kind of, but Ish. not with the plot as we have it. Right. The LGMs are extremely important toys. Yeah. But they don't do a lot. Right. The other thing is some characterization because we've stand Sid. Yeah. But what the movie does is if you don't, you know, take a second to think about, hey, Garbage Man has a pretty good job. We like Sid as a person. It kind of is saying, oh, look, what a loser. He works in a blue-collar job. Mm-hmm. I, I'm colorblind, honestly. <laughs> okay, Michael Scott. <laughs> They're not called collared greens. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I, I, I want... We can still have him be a garbage man that's fine that puts right. him in the movie fine right. and uh, like but all he does is he like rocks out bam, bam. yeah i kind of want something where he like picks up something and looks at it like he still tinkers with stuff yeah i would like just him digging through some trash honestly even yeah that'd be cool i almost would want him to replace the strawberry sniffer except for he wouldn't put the toys on the front of the truck but like yeah something just one more like half a minute or 15 seconds of him in the background, even. Like, when they're in the dump, we see him in the background before they focus on him. Right. And he's, he's like, like, playing with something. Messing with a toy or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. That'd be cool. And it doesn't really change in much, but it's just mm-hmm. a cool thing to add. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
And then the post-credit count scene. I want to add a post-credit scene. And I okay. want to obviously take out the cringy, the thing that they do. Yeah. Here's my idea. Okay. Because Ken, we still need to show that he is somewhat femme. And that mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. And with the exception of Stretch, all of Lotso's minions are male. Right. And very, like, bro-y male. Yeah. So I want Ken to be leading them in something feminine. Kind of like we have the whole Romeo and Juliet play thing. Maybe like yoga or something. Yes, that was exactly what I thought. Ken leading in the yoga. And plus you could have gags with like, he can put his leg straight up because oh, yeah. he's a Ken doll. And then it's like, try to get like, then have get like, like Chunk to yeah, do Yeah, and then it. show like Chunk or like Twitch or something like trying. Yeah. Like just trying really And then Stretch is just like super good at Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. And it's like, it's a cool thing. It's a physical thing. It's also a feminine thing that they're all like, Oh, like, we respect Ken. Let's despite, do this, yeah. Like, you know, whatever gender role stuff. And, like, obviously, this is very, like, 2000s-era sexism jokes that are in a lot of things. Yeah. But, like, having his femininity a metrosexuality? Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Toy Story 3 remembers. <laughs> Have that be, like, a positive trait. Right. A good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. Those are Those are just a couple things I thought of that could be... Plus is, like I said, I really like this movie. And I think yeah. Besides the glaring Spanish buzz flaw. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that is, that's why I ranked it above Toy Story 2. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I, it's just, I mean, Toy Story 2 has more, I think, emotional heft to it. Yeah. In the end with the whole Jesse thing. Yeah. It introduces more, but obviously it's also earlier in the series. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I mean, this one does the whole Bonnie of it, and I like Bonnie a lot. Yeah. And everyone loves Mr. Anderson. He gardens and doesn't afraid of anything. Right. Yeah. Just goes to town on his gardening. Yeah. Just the heart and soul. Exactly. Gardening. I fell in love with heart, and, heart soil. and soul. Heart and soul. Heart and soil. <laughs> oh, I get it. Do you? Because he's in the in the soil. Yeah, he soiled himself. Oh. Oh God. That's why I said that. Oh, I don't like it. Oh. Okay. Anyway. I tried. Yeah. That's. I don't know. Anything else you can think of that would be. Uh... Even just, like, extra things to put in. Because this is the longest Toy Story, but it's still only 100 minutes. Right. 102.34. That's not how seconds work. No, it's not. Huh. I don't know how to math. It explores its ideas well. It does. That's good. So I guess uh, until Ooh. next time... Wait, are there words in this one? I don't think so. <laughs> until next time, Sam... What'd you get a word in um, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could also be a Pokemon, yeah. yeah. That'd be a really, that's very long for a Pokemon name, but yeah, it's Amy Klobuchar is the next the next Pokemon of the United States. Yeah, that's, that's what POTUS stands for. Pokemon of <laughs> Off mic, we talked about how Amy Klobuchar sounds like a Pokemon, or Klobuchar sounds like a Pokemon name, and also sees this the least interesting presidential candidate in a sea of uninteresting presidential <laughs> candidates. Which is great. Yeah, she's the any Democratic presidential candidate in 2016 who wasn't Hillary or Bernie of this year. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess next year, because we live in a terrible society. society. Yeah. yeah. One that starts elections way too early. Yeah. Dude, anyway. The process is grueling. Vote Klobuchar. <laughs> Don't, actually, though. I mean, I doubt you'll be able to. Right, she'll probably be dropped. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time this episode drops, she also has dropped. Yeah. Go, go yeah. Bashar, Klobuchar. Go Klobuchar. We also found out Googling her, she helped fund a really, really weird. A a church that said that Halloween makes Satan 
happy things and that Pokemon and Pokemon and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Marilyn Manson and they make your kids into Satan and also if your kid is staying alone in their room they're probably a Satanist but also if they have friends they're Satanists yeah or if they um oh god or if they listen to music I'm bringing up the article again if they dress in black fingernails lipstick yeah or if they have unusual scars and burns on right hand. Which, no. to be fair, you should walk out if your kid's... No, if they have them on their left hand, that's fine. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. I know. Uh, my kid, I feel like they might be um, they might be self... Oh, wait. No, it's their left it's hand. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's cool. Just satanic stuff. Just satanic, just satanic things. things. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Halloween is the biggest recruitment day of the year for Satanists. Yeah. You know, you ever go trick-or-treating and then, like... Someone gives you, like, a toothbrush or an apple, and you're like, oh, that's terrible. And you go to the next house, and they're like, full-size candy bars. Also, pledge your life to the Dark Lord. (laughs) Voldemort? Yeah. No, uh, Harry Potter's a tool used to make kids into Satanists. Oh, yeah, you're right. Have you ever looked into, like, do you know what a chick tract is, Jeff? You're not, you're, like, not that brand of, no, you're not that brand of Christianity. Okay. No. Chick tracts worth like little comics that people would give out I was catholic they I are very Christian. anti-catholic though okay. they have a tract called the death cookie about how catholicism oh, is, is it a, <laughs> i'm guessing it has something the, to do with like the, the body of christ wafer. Yep, yep yep it's about how uh catholicism is evil and was made by satan oh good you know like a good branch of christianity is yeah and there's another one an infamous one called dark dungeons that starts with Someone's Dungeons and Dragons character dying without a saving roll or any negative HP or anything. And so the DM is like, your character's dead. You have to leave now. That's <laughs> about right. They made a movie of it. They did. Oh, yeah, with Tom Hanks, right? I think it was Tom Hanks. I'm going to look this up. Wait, what? recording? Yeah, we are. Of course we are. This is relevant. This is gold. They also then say, like, your character leveled up. That means you get to learn real spells. <laughs> Dark Dungeons, film. Oh, I'm thinking of a different... There was a Tom Hanks thing based on, like, anti-Dungeons & Dragons stuff. I'm trying to remember what it was. And Tom Hanks was in it? Yeah, it was before he was, like, famous. Oh. I remember they remarketed it with him's face. Him's face. Him's Big on the uh, cover. Good. It won't be in the main things. It'll be in his filmography. What am yeah. I looking at the top for? Oh, of course there's a separate article for Tom Hanks' filmography. Why wouldn't there be? Oh, Mazes and Monsters. That's what it was. A television film called Mazes and Monsters. A made-for-television drama film about a group of college students and their interest in a fictitious role-playing game of the same name. It started 26-year-old Tom Hanks in his first leading role. It's about how playing role-playing games could lead to psychological problems. One protagonist is suffering from schizophrenia. Cool, so it's also real gross toward mental disabilities. Good, good stuff. Fun. Yay. Yay. Lots of good things there. D&D will hurt your mental health instead of, you know, giving you, like, a nice, friendly, creative thing to play in. Anyway. No, that was about mazes and monsters. Oh, yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. M&M. M&M instead of D&D. If you eat M&M's. That's with the Halloween connection. You eat oh, M&M's. there we go. Listen to M&M and play M&M. Oh, man, that's the trifecta. Yeah. Get you a girl who does all three. <laughs> Eminem might actually lead you to Satan. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's own. There you I go. Remember when he did the anti-Donald Trump freestyle? So. Yeah, totally. Cool with the kids now. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Remember when Eminem was caught with a bunch of cocaine? <laughs> In 1978. Oh. That's a different I think Michigan. he was like six. Yeah. Probably. In yeah. 1978. Marshall Mathers. <laughs> See, how old is Marshall? <laughs> Marshall. Yeah, we're buds. I call him, I just call him Marshall. 
<laughs> Good old Marshy. Oh yeah, he was six. He was born in 1972. Wow. Nice. Anyway, bye. <laughs> and we ended Adios. this podcast a long time ago. Adios. We're so doing things. Bye. Mm-hmm. Adios, what are you, Spanish buzz? <laughs> hey. Only if I can say the N-word. Yeah. Yeah. Is your mom in the Okay. Belong together. No, it's true. It's gonna stay this way.